Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. Super Saturday is upon us and once again it is Scotland versus Italy in the early kickoff. Can Scotland bounce back from uh, back-to-back losses at Murrayfield against Wales and Ireland? You would bloody hope so. But to preview the game, of course, and talk about what has been a very surprising and spicy team selection, I'm with Matt and Alan. Um, Alan's logged into our software tonight as Big Al, I think in tribute to um, Big Al Kellogg's move to MD at Glasgow Warriors. So Big Al, how are you doing tonight? It was actually in honour of uh, Al Strokosh, the main man. Good. Um, the other Big Al in our Scottish rugby life. <laughs> the, the other Big Al. The funny thing is actually me and Matt also know another Big Al. But anyway, that's a different story. <laughs> um, yeah, no. And, I, and I'm talking of actually one other Big Al, Alan Gilpin. World Rugby and Rugby World Cup ticket tickets, that has been sort of the bane of my life this week. Literally spent hours on Monday and today trying to secure bloody um, Scotland pack for the Rugby World Cup. And I, <laughs> I've genuinely been, today I was in the queue for an hour and a half. I went from 0% to 97%. <laughs> and then it was basically like, press this to move forwards. And I pressed it. And then I went back to 0%. And I was like, this is genuinely the worst moment of my entire life. So I, I just sort of gave up at that point. So. I, think, I think Alan Gilpin's has like built built this in, that if you're buying the Scotland pack, you have like yep. a terrible user experience. It's all It all tracks back to Hagibis and uh, Mark Dodson's interview on the Today programme, slagging off World Rugby. 
Um, but Matt, how are you doing? Big Matt? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, you'd, you'd think with the ticketing stuff that clearly Monday when it opened to a lot of excitement, it was an utter shit show. And you'd think that by today, they would have maybe got their ducks in the road. But if anything, it's probably worse. It is an absolute disgrace. It's so bad. Um, but, you know, the, the most important thing is is uh, Saturday. Get, you can get the Scotland game out of the way and then enjoy the rugby for what it is. Well, it's going to be an extremely interesting game. Um, we'll obviously come on to talk about the, the team named by um, by Gregor Townsend uh, shortly. But before we do that, just a quick reminder of where you can keep in touch with us. Um, that's on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod. On Instagram, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod. Um, and in the mailbag, the Thistle Rugby at Gmail. Dot com. I got a great email this week. It didn't actually come. The sender's name wasn't entirely clear. The subject line was silver lining and the content of the uh, email was please find one. So I just think <laughs> that's the sort of existential crisis that Scottish rugby fans have been in since the Ireland game. One last bit of parish um, news, and that is, of course, to mention our fantastic sponsors throughout the Six Nations period. That's Rob Mack, um, Independent Financial Planning and Mortgage Management. Um, we've got two more games with the guys, and hopefully it will continue to be a fantastic partnership and bring two more wins for Scotland. Uh, they are an independent financial advisor specializing in mortgage management, financial planning, and investments. Um, so if you need any of those services, please check them out at robmack.co. UK. Um, so, um, other than Alan Gilpin becoming the head man at World Rugby, two bits of news, including one bit of breaking news, that Scotland versus France has finally been confirmed for um, a week on, sorry, next Friday night. So, it's going to be another six-day turnaround for the Scotland squad after the Italy game um, on Saturday. Um, and Parrot, I think France has actually just gone back into a coronavirus lockdown. So who knows if we'll ever actually get to play that game. But um, Big Al, happy to finally have that in the uh, in the diary. And it's good that it's sort of close to the tournament rather than, you know, stretched out into the summer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think actually so Paris is now specifically going into a month lockdown as of Friday. Um so waffles all round if you're in the French squad, <laughs> but anyone else isn't allowed out. Just a huge house buy back at Finn's pad. <laughs> Quite sweet, to be fair. Um, so no, yeah, thank. Good to get it done. It's. Um, I mean, it could end up being a game with with something on it if if um, France beat Wales and don't allow Wales to get a losing bonus point. Yeah, which um, could make it sort of a bit a bit tasty. But yeah, no, good to, good to get it done now. There's nothing worse than just sort of having to wait and just shove the fixture into like the summer sort of autumn internationals. Absolutely. Um, it does mean that we, we had pledged to host a live pod in Paris if it was going to be happening this summer um, in the old alliance in Paris. But we'll probably just have to roll that in um, to a couple of years' time, um, Six Nations event. The other piece of news before we get into the Scotland-Italy um, um, preview is that Edinburgh Rugby announced the signing this week of 24-year-old Scots qualified Ulster hooker Adam McBurney qualifies for Scotland through a grandmother from Cadder in Lancashire um, having previously represented Ireland from under-18s to under-20s level 
Matt, I believe before the pod, I asked you if you'd heard of him and you had no idea. Have you got anything else to say on this signing? Well, um, as you were talking there, I actually did a very quick Google of him and I have actually found out two quite interesting things. Firstly, apparently, um, Andrew Trimble was interviewed about sort of um, young guys and old guys in rugby squads coming together and whether it's quite old school in terms of integrating people. Um, and he said that it's a, it's a lot calmer than it used to be um, for like a younger guy coming into the squad. But apparently, he, um, Adam McBurney was in some kind of training session with Johnny Sexton. And apparently, he pulled Sexton's jersey over his head and then planted one on his chin. <laughs> <laughs> no, wonder, no wonder Cockers wants to sign him. He's a really yeah. aggressive bloke. Exactly. So, you know, that that's quite a good story. Um, the other thing was that as of November 2020, he has played 36 times for Ulster and he has started once. Really? So, <laughs> so that's good. I, I just think this is like, I, I understand he's, he's young, he's Scots qualified. Like, I'd almost rather have him than someone like Mike Willemser, who's signing I never really quite understood and who is now leaving the club. But, I don't know, someone like Cammy Fenton not having his contract renewed, I think he's just as good as Willemson, presumably as good as this guy as well. Um, I, I don't know, it just kind of looks not great that Edinburgh have once again looked outside the Scottish system for, for a new signing. It is a little bit disappointing, but always pleasing to take someone off um, Johnny Petrie over at Ulster. Although maybe maybe Johnny was happy to get rid of him. But um, Richard Cockerell said of young McBurney, he's a good fit for us. Mike Leaving slots well into our stable of hookers at the club. He'll bring a lot of energy, a bit of edge, and is a hard worker which really feels like a template um, <laughs> response that could have been applied to quite literally any signing ever. But we will certainly see. Um, I hope um, he goes well, Adam McBurney, joining Edinburgh at the end of the season. Um, Sorry, so the, the only other um, the, the other bit of Edinburgh news, which we mentioned in the newsletter this week and is being picked up again as of today, is Richard Cockrell being lined up for the Clermont yes. job. Because um, I, I didn't realise that the, the coach, the current coach, Frank Azema, is going to Montpellier um, next season. And it seems like there's a short list of Cockrell, John O'Gibbs from La Rochelle, uh, Yannick Brew and, and Jeremy Davidson, who's who's at Breve. You, you think that Cockrell would have quite a good chance ahead of those guys? I suppose it depends if he wants it or not. I would want the Claremont job ahead of the Edinburgh job. And he can speak French, right? He's played there before. And he's played at Claremont. Did he so, play at Claremont? It is a, I think on balance, it's probably a bigger job than Edinburgh. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty sweet gig. It's sort of like, you know, actually, when you look over, what is it now, four years, Edinburgh have sort of had a little kind of lift, but if anything, have sort of stayed relatively static in terms of their position now within the Pro, Pro 14. So it's a pretty sweet upgrade. If <laughs> failing given, upwards, fa- well, it's sort yeah. of like not—it's not sort of succeeding or failing. It's sort of just staying the same but going upwards. It's. Uh, I, I think. I think you. I think that's harsh. Like 
apart from this season, Edinburgh have been really good under Cockrell. Like, had that really good Champions Cup run. Um, That's true. Got close to the Pro 14 final. I don't know what his win record would be, but I reckon it would be probably the best of an Edinburgh coach ever. Pay to win knockout games, man. No, I mean, I, I agree. But to be fair, <laughs> that when, when, he, when he took over Edinburgh, like, when they had that old terrible kit, like, we were a perennial joke. Yeah. Yes. I, to be fair, the, the black and sort of dark red kit really mirrored the lowest point in Edinburgh rugby. It was like the worst <laughs> kit with the worst team with the worst coach. It was and like when, when um, we, it was like new signings announced by Edinburgh and it was like that junior Rasselaer guy in the centre from the Western Force. And I like remember Will, junior Rasselaer. <laughs> like... Will Hellu on the wing. It was like, what is... And then we signed Robbie Fruin for a bit as well. It's like, what is going on here? Robbie Fruin did score one really sweet try for Edinburgh under the sticks on the hallowed turf at Myerside. Um Yeah. But, yeah. I remember that. That's when everyone was like, the <laughs> signing back. the signing of the century. <laughs> Fruin is going to tear it up for Edinburgh. And then... Never played again. Never played again. Pretty so, much never played again. <laughs> The last note of Junior Rasselet was he was at Grenoble. Not sure if he's still there, though. Are they pro d Might be um, top. I'm not sure. They sort of flick, flick between top 14 and pro, mm. pro d But uh, Yeah, and then we're talking pro d The big Scotland clash in pro d this weekend. Oyeno versus Van. Andy Craven versus Josh Strauss. Which I actually realized I actually only went onto Oyeno's Instagram to see if Luke Hamilton was playing, and then spotted Jay Strauss at number eight, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Um, there <laughs> I, he is. Yeah, I'd kind of forgotten about jo- Josh Strauss. And was Andy Cramond the one who was at Toulon for a while? Yeah. Yes. I remember um, when we were in Toulon, we were asking people about Andy Cramond, and all the French lads were like, "I've got literally no idea who that is." <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I remember we were in that um, that, that little um, kind of bar, and I was yeah. also asking them about Rory Lamont, and they were literally like, "Mate, Rory Lamont, who the fuck is that guy? He's rubbish." <laughs> yeah. And then I remembered on Wikipedia, we'd asked them about we look. There was a guy called Philip Fitzgerald. Yes, yeah. Philip Fitzgerald, who, who was a, a Sony Bombs legend from the nineties, who played for Toulon. Um, for about 10 years and we said Philip Fitzgerald's name and they all lost their they minds. absolutely loved him. <laughs> yeah, because he supposedly still lives out there as well. Yeah. Um, he was one of like, he was one of like the OGs when Toulon were like scrabbling around in Pro D2. Yeah. We That's should, so we should speak to Phil Fitzgerald. You know, hundred percent. We should probably also get onto the actual topic of the day. <laughs> we should probably talk about that. We've done 13 minutes on general news and nonsense, um, which is what people come to us for. But we will now turn our attention to Scotland welcoming Italy to Murrayfield on Saturday, 2.15 kickoff. And Tooney, the tombola is well and truly being rolled out today. Um, I will run through the team now with some very interesting talking points. Um, in the front row, Rory Sutherland, Dave Cherry and Xander Ferguson returning from his ban. Second row, Sam Skinner and Grant Gilchrist. In the back row, Jamie Ritchie, Hamish Watson and Matt Ferguson. Halfback partnership, hold on to your hats. Scott Steele and Stuart Hogg at 10. In the centre, Sam Johnson and Hugh Jones. And in the back three of Doohan, 
Darcy and Sean Maitland. There is only really one place for us to start on that. And Matt, I'll come to you first. Hog at 10. What did you think when we first picked up that rumor about nine o'clock this morning? I think we all agreed it must be our information must be bad. But Hoggy's starting at 10 for Scotland. What do you think? Sorry, I thought you were going to mention the fact that Scotland have picked a back row at Scrum Half. I thought that that, that joke um, was sold. It was out of copyright. But yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me strength. Uh, yeah, Hoggy. Yeah, I was sort of, it was one of those ones when we got told it, wanted to be in front of the story, but also it was so wild that we could have been hugely wrong. It's, it is wild. And I think that there, there was maybe some chat that Yaku was carrying an injury. So that was maybe my yeah. first reaction. Okay, well, there's literally no one else at the moment apart from you're going to like Ross Thompson. Um, but then you see Jakob van der Waal on the bench. Like, right, okay, this is a genuine playing decision. Yeah, and, and, it's, and, what, and what's it, it's, what it was saying exactly is, you know, Jacko is fit. He is. Scotland's number three ten. He's Edinburgh's starting ten, and Tune is saying that Jacko, having played ten for his whole professional career, is a lower quality option than Stuart Hogg, a player who hasn't started a game at ten for over six years. <laughs> and 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 the other thing is that. <laughs> It, it, you know, I'd, I'd maybe understand it, or maybe understand it more if Yaku had never played for Scotland before and had maybe had one season at Edinburgh where people were unsure about him. But that game that he played against Ireland in the Six Nations last year, he was pretty good, I thought. He was better than, than a lot of people expected. So uh, a theory that I was sort of testing today was whether this is Hogg trying to take responsibility for the team to right the ship himself and he thinks that he can have more influence from 10 than fullback and we've seen it before when he sort of went to Townsend and said I want to be captain make me the captain and Townsend said yes I I don't know if that's if there's maybe Mm. an element of that I think you've got to think that this is this is exclusively Tunis' selection. And, you know, ultimately, whilst obviously I'm sure Hogg has a say and an influence, you know, Tunis <laughs> has to sign off and clearly he's decided that it's the better option. And, you know, maybe maybe he'll be he'll be proved right. I know we sort of said, well, Hogg's done, he's he started twice for the for the Lions on the Tour of Australia. He's he's played at least one game for Glasgow, sort of away to Benetton, sort of six years ago. And then he's stepped in, obviously, against England and in in this Six Nations and um, Wales last and, year. And Wales last year. It's It just feels a bit strange. And I think, I don't know, I've, the, the moment I sort of heard it is I almost felt like we we weren't giving Italy enough credit. You know, I, I appreciate Italy aren't a great side, but they're not like completely terrible. And my fear is that we're going to end up into in a bit of a dogfight. And um, 
and Hog's just not going to be able to kind of control the game yeah. slash steer that ship from from a position that he he literally isn't <laughs> to, it, he he hasn't played it hasn't had a lot of game time in. How's how's this for narrative? Italy haven't won a game since 2015 in the Six Nations at Murrayfield. Scotland have lost two consecutive home games. Italy haven't won a single game. This this Six Nations have been thrashed by everyone. Russell missing, Gray missing, and now Hogg steps in at standoff to welcome the visiting Italians. That's got an Italy win written all over it. <laughs> but the thing is, I, it does. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I, I still we're, we're obviously still massive favourites, but I think. With what's happened to that Scotland team, and you know it being the final game, I think Italy will be really, well, their hopes will have been lifted by, yeah, and it and it gives the Italian coaching team and the sort of leadership a lot of um, things mm. to go at in terms of motivating those players pre-match. I mean, I suppose the first twenty minutes, you think obviously the ten's always going to come under pressure, but this is a ten that is not a ten. I mean. Stuart Hogg is a world-class rugby player, but he's not a fly half. So, I mean, like, even the sort of not amazing Italian pack, but they're going to be told to go out and get in Stuart Hogg's face. And, you know, he's he's pretty used to playing his rugby at fullback quite a long way from the front lines. And you just wonder, you know, could they... Is there an opportunity to get in his head really early doors? And how will he respond to that? Um, he actually gives some quotes to Mark Palmer... Um, talking about you know how he's been covering ten, um, and basically said I can't do anything that Finn does, so I'm not even going to try. And he says that there have been some serious squeaky bum moments um, when he has been playing ten. I mean, <laughs> I guess a question is who's a better ten? Who's a better standoff? Stuart Hogg or Garabisi for Italy, and is Jak- is Jakub Vanderbilt better than Garabisi? So therefore, have we kind of to try and get Hoggy on the pitch? Have we lessened ourselves in two positions? I suppose. I mean, the one thing about Garabisi is he's actually only played like three times for Benetton. <laughs> like, I think it's like Ross Thompson's actually played, and Nathan Chamberlain have now actually played more games, respectively, for uh, Glasgow and Edinburgh. Like mm-hmm. Garbisi has played more games for Italy than he has for Benetton, so uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a it's a bit of a, um, a harsh comparison. Um, but look, I, I think I generally think if I if I was Jacko, if I'm not injured, and you know, <laughs> looking at project player from the other side, and he's like committed to Scotland, he's signed his contract extension, he's you know capped himself for for Scotland. Mm-hmm. You know, he's seeing. Hastings and Finn go out and he is like this is my chance against Italy as well you know it's not like we're chucking him in against England away this Mm. is Italy at home (laughs) like he's like this is the perfect game for me to try and like make make a statement with France then coming up and to see Hogg someone who doesn't play 10 usurp you just I just feel like for him personally, it must be a really sort of significant blow, and just to sort of see, oh, that's where I am in this pecking order within the sort of Scotland setup. I suppose with with Hogg, he has the whole skill set. Like we know he's got a great boot, he's a great passer, he can make a break. 
um, he, he is pretty good at putting people into, into space. Um, but I think that he will, he will look very good as a first or second distributor in training and even in matches when he comes in either filling in yeah. at 10 or as that second distributor at the back. But I think that the, the control element that you need in any match. And I almost think particularly against Italy who will want to, as you were saying, like target him, make it an absolute scrap, get um, sort of that doubt into Scottish players' minds. That That's the thing that worries me that he isn't able to direct his forwards around the pitch. Um, his tactical kicking from 10 is unproven. He starts coming to pressure, and we know he's like he he can force things as well. Well, and he's also going to be joined. Um, I suppose it doesn't matter who his halfback partner is, but Ali Price has dropped um, to the bench, the incumbent in the Scotland nine jersey, to be replaced by Scott Steele at scrum half. I mean, obviously, Hogg is the big news, but that is equally significant, Alan, isn't it? that Scott Steele is has been picked ahead of Ali Price. Do you think that is, I suppose, a, an, giving him the opportunity he possibly deserves, having sat on the bench and done his time and look after Ali Price for next weekend? Or do you think that's another sort of, um, another big risk that Tooney's taking this weekend? Yeah, so I think um, Gary Heatley was saying today, he was like, if someone had told you like six months ago that the starting 9-10 combo in the Six Nations would be Scott Steele and Stuart Hawk you'd literally like laugh them out the room, right? Yeah. <laughs> Feels like it's very str- strange that this is, this is kind of the combination that we're sort of settled on now halfway through. We've, we've, we've now settled on halfway through the tournament. Six months um, ago, Scott Steele didn't have a club. <laughs> yeah. And Sam like, Hidalgo Klein li- was winning the European cup. Like what exactly. the hell's going on? <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's such a strange one. Um, and you know, I guess looking at the, you know, the two people that feel like, from the Ireland game, that have come in for some criticism, George Turner and Ali Price, and you know, obviously they've they've now been ship, shipped out for Dave Cherry and um, and Scott Steele, and I think ultimately, I'm sure it'll be communicated as you know, it's you know, we're we're able to rotate because we've got strength in the squad, but it it does feel a little bit like. Mm they are being dropped because of that level of performance that they um, put yeah. on the pitch last week. I can understand um, Turner. Do you think the um, if that is the reason that Price is being dropped in his performance from last weekend, do you think that's fair? I would have thought, personally, that Price had enough credit in the bank given mm, his yeah. sort of performances over the last 12 months. And I know he had that kick at the end of the Wales game, but I actually thought in general, and he had a charge down against Toji, but... I do think across the autumn internationals and across most of the Six Nations, he's been pretty strong. I also think <laughs> if you're bringing Stuart Hogg in at 10, do you not exactly. want your most exactly. experienced nine? <laughs> exactly. Who can 100%. be like, right, if, Ho- if Hoggy's is having a disaster, like kicking wise, Price is like, okay, mate, you're not getting it. I'm booting it now. Like I'm taking control. It's, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. 
Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I, I, I can understand maybe Steel coming in, but... To combine him with Hog, it's I don't know, it it does just seem a bit crazy. And hopefully we're wrong, right? But Yeah. <laughs> I mean hopefully hopefully we're wrong. There's um, a lot of just things like the thing is, is you know, we're obviously taking Harris out as well and we're bringing Jones in, which is great from an, an attacking standpoint, but again, it's just changing that dynamic of that that team and again bringing you know putting Maitland at fullback we know he can do a job at fullback but he's not a fullback right he is Maitland's a winger mm. and yeah. again it's it's just the the sort of nature of the back line is in one way sort of really exciting because it's got a lot you know it's a lot of star like <laughs> attacking threat in that team but at the same time again I just keep going back I, I've just got this vision of us just like panicking and chucking balls and things getting intercepted and us then somehow ending up being sort of 10 points down against this Italy team and (laughs) Hogg struggling to kind of grapple with the kind of game management side. God, I'm I'm getting getting anxious already. We're we're working ourselves up into a bit of a froth. The other other changes that you talked about there... um, Hugh Jones back in in a 13 jersey for um for Scotland partnering Sam Johnson that is you know that's a very exciting um partnership and one we've been call- I suppose the return to Jones at 13 something we've been calling for a little bit all of these things seem to be adding up do you think Tunis looked at Italy's performances and been like you know we can afford to take these sorts of risks and still get a result and that risk with Jones being you know defensively he's not perhaps as competent as Harris the, th- the thing about that, though, is it's not as if Italy have this incredible defence that no one has been able to break. Like, yeah. They've conceded 40 <laughs> points in every game. And you know what? Uh, if you think back to the last couple of times that we played against Italy where Harris has been at 13, like, he's had a pretty good day with the ball in hand by just running straight because Scotland are on the front foot. He scored that try in Rome. So... On the one hand, I like the selection because we know what Hugh Jones can do. He showed in that try against Ireland. But at the same time, I think almost... I just I just don't quite understand why suddenly now Harris has been jettisoned. I suppose there, maybe there's also the other consideration is there is going to be that six-day turnaround. And, you know... Harris gets a bench, Price gets a bench. You know, these guys that we would expect to start in Paris a week on Friday. Um, so maybe they are just having to juggle that because there is one extra one extra game. But you do worry that maybe so much change is going um, to make us struggle. This weekend, in a game that 
um, there is still a chance for us to finish second in the um, Six Nations if we return a couple of wins, which would be a fantastic result. Mm. Um, other changes, um, Dave Cherry coming in at two, I think after George Turner in the lineout last weekend, that feels you know like a, a kind of a fair result. Not that all of the lineout problems can be laid at George Turner's door, but I suppose again, Dave Cherry, um, he's done all right. But are you happy with that that choice, or would you have stuck with Turner, Alan? Um, I think we we said at the start of the tournament that Turner is sort of historically not had the greatest of arrows, and obviously we had to eat some humble pie after the the England game. But I think you sort of seen in the Wales game there was a few issues. Then obviously it it, it really met, it failed to to fire against Ireland. Although I think there was a couple of times where it was more the lifter or just Gray getting kind of out competed on a on a one on one rather than Turner um, making the mistake. So I'm I'm a bit surprised. Like I I do like Dave Cherry, but I think just around the park, George Turner just brings such a significant. Um, presence that, uh, and and I think in terms of his performance, it's it's of a, it's of such a much higher quality that I thought Turner would retain that two shirt. So, I, I also think over the if if you think about the bigger picture, I, Dave Cherry is in done very well at Edinburgh, deserved the shot hundred percent, but he is in because Rambo and Fraser Brown are injured. Yeah, whereas George Turner is highly likely to get into a Scotland squad as that third hooker, possibly pushing for a spot on the bench. And I, I think it's it's just a bit funny to, you know, look, it, it could be rotation. Like Mike Blair was talking about it this week, that Italy was always marked as a time they were going to change people. But if it is the case that they've said to him, your hours weren't good enough at the weekend, you're dropped. I don't know. I just don't think it builds much continuity. And I almost think that, as a hooker, one of the things that you need most is consistency of selection. It's time to get your arrows right. Um, so I find it a bit a bit strange. Well, I suppose consistency of selection at line-out time is something that Townsend and co. were not afforded this weekend. Um, all change in the second row with injuries to Scott Cummings um, and Johnny Gray being replaced by Grant Gilchrist and um, Sam Skinner, inform Sam Skinner um, coming back in. Um, how are you feeling about that that combination in the second row, both with bags of experience? I suppose um, Cummings and Gray have established themselves as our number one sort of pairing, but this can't be far away from you know our number two, and they're not too far away from that that starting berth anyway. Alan, it feels sort of potentially like the area of the pitch where. There's the the least amount of drop off once you kind of they, there's injuries to that front the kind of yeah. starting um, members of the team. So uh, no, like look, I think we've been calling for Sam Skinner. We said ultimately, if he's starting for Exeter, he's he's probably good enough to start for Scotland, right? And I think I don't I don't see him bringing a lower level performance versus what Cummings and Gray are. I think Grant Gilchrist, in my I personally think he struggles against the really high quality teams mm. but I think against Italy he'll be able to do a job and the general sense you get and I, I don't know this fact is that Grant Gilchrist is like a very good liner operator <laughs> and so should so you should sort of help with sort of securing a lot of kind of 
just Shakur in that set piece bowl, right? I think I think it's the maybe the combination with Cherry as well that you want to get some club combinations going at the set piece, given what happened last week. It's exactly the sort of the game that you'd usually see Big Ben Tulas coming in for, but yeah. he's. Uh, no, no longer, no longer in the squad, unfortunately. Um, but there is somebody who's looking like they will get their debut for Scotland this weekend. Gloucester's Alex Craig. He's been in quite a lot of Townsend squads over the last couple of years. But this is the first time he's made a match day. Matt, are you excited to see him actually getting his first cap eventually? To, to be honest, I haven't seen him play that much. Um, but you know, he's a good, good Dumfries lad. So it's always nice to see. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. As I say, I haven't seen, seen him really play, so it'll be interesting to, to see if he can get any, make any kind of impact. I mean, Gloucester haven't really done that well in the Prem in the last couple of years, but for a guy to go through that Hartbury and then Gloucester route, where they sort of pride themselves, I suppose, on developing forwards, like he's got to have something about him. Absolutely. And the other, I suppose, big talking point on the bench um, is in our um, our sweet spot and our strong suit, um, the front row. Jamie Batty picked on the bench, um, but it's quite clear that Ollie Kebble, who's been sort of in and around that Scotland squad for the last six months, is also fit and firing. Um, Alan, what what do you think of the sort of the, the Batty versus Kebble choice and uh, who would you have on that bench? I don't really want to give two too much of an opinion because as as we'll always say none of us really understand the intricacies of scrum and what the props Mm. are bringing you you know from a very sort of you know amateur view i i I always think that kebble seems to bring a bit more in the loose i don't know if that's just because he's a bit bigger and he's south african so you just sort of like have (laughs) this like ingrained stereotype but it does feel like he he brings just that little bit a little bit more, but I do wonder whether Batty just brings a bit more of a higher work rate off the bench versus Kebble. I think you know, Kebble can be a bit lazy sometimes, um, but no, look, it's uh, I don't think it's that big an issue between the two of them. I think there's there's maybe a sense of Batty being a slightly better scrummager than Kebble. I think if you're going to pick Batty for one strength, it would be his scrummaging. Um, and I think there are worries around Simon Bergen, not in the loose, but in the tight at scrum time. So maybe it's just someone who can come on and really just solidify the scrum. Well, we'll certainly see that. And hopefully um, by the time Jamie Batty is entering the fray, Scotland will be home and dry um, after a Stuart Hogg hat-trick. The back replacements, Ali Price, Jakob van der Waal and Chris Harris, we have already touched upon. Um, lads, let's level with level with our listeners, though. Alan, we should be beating Italy comfortably this weekend, right? So I have, I have a confession to make. Go on, then. I have, I've placed a couple of bets down already <laughs> on this match. Alan, oh. <laughs> Alan's, Alan's long shot is coming in hot. Go on, no, then hit us with it. Like I'm, a, I'm a man of value, right? I, I've got to put um, the uh, my uh, my personal preferences aside when it comes to the bookies, and I've put two bets down. I put one on um, Italy to beat the spread, 
which is 28 points. 28? So, they, they're backing Scotland by 28? Yes, yeah, so the bookies have... The bookies oh my have God. Got, so I put some quite a bit of money on Italy to beat the spread. What, so odds, to, did you, what odds did you get on that? So that's evens. So that's okay. Evens. So if Italy don't either win or lose within 28, get your money back. And then I've also put money on Italy to win. Oh my um, God. <laughs> at 17 to 1. Oh. Which, which I thought, given the history of the matches and what's happened with the Scotland team, that feels like pretty long odds, 17 yeah. to 1. So, yeah, like, if Italy win, obviously I'm gutted about it, but at the same time, it's like not the end of the world. So, it's like Freya's trust fund. So, it's either Scotland win or Freya goes to uni. So, <laughs> yeah, that's good way to look at it. <laughs> I, I, um, I might put some of my Dogecoin gains on that bet actually yeah so that's 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 the way to make your fortune in life crypto and um six nations bet. this is us just sort of um testing the water before we release thistle coin yeah exactly and we can <laughs> we can control the value through our tweets yeah <laughs> but no i think i look i still think scotland are gonna win but i think it's going to be a bit of a grind for the first 55 60 minutes and what will probably happen is Jacko will like come on at 10, Hog will go back, and we'll sort of pull away, and everyone will be like, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think Scotland will win by about sort of 14, 14 points in the end. That sounds about right to me, and I might get in on that. I can't believe the, the spread is 28 points. Maybe, I'm, maybe it's just I'm, I'm, I'm still reeling from the team selection, but Matt, what do you think? Scotland by 27? I, I I think we'd all be very happy if that was the result. I I think it'll be closer than that. I, I still do think, you look across that Scotland team and the amount of talent that's in there, regardless of Hog starring at 10, you've got threats all through the back line. You've got Sutherland, Fagerson back, Skinner, who we have been wanting to play for a while and our first choice back row like if, if we lose this game it's tuning out Allen in I mean it, I, I completely like, like, agree with that particularly your point about the threats in the back line if we can get to a stage where the game is breaking up a little bit and you're getting the ball in Hogg's hands Doohan's hands Jones Graham like unbelievable game breakers like we should be able to, you know, rack up lots of points. But I completely agree. Do you think Townsend survives losing this game? <laughs> I think potentially not. Do you not think just just with COVID and then that England the the first win at Twickenham in what thirty something years? I just that's got to give them a bit a bit of protection. You got to give them at least the Romania game. Let him. <laughs> If you lose, yeah, if he yeah. loses in Bucharest, it's done, right? <laughs> we draw a line in Bucharest. <laughs> I could see him. I, I, I don't think they're going to get rid of him. But if they do lose, like <laughs> this, will be seen as you know the beginning of the end for him. I think. If if they lose Disley and France, I reckon what you do is you call Scott Robertson and you say, "Are you available?" If he says yes, you sack Tuning immediately. If he doesn't say yes, you just keep tuning into the World Cup. <laughs> there isn't really that many people available. Yeah. But obviously, if Scott Robertson was available, then you get rid of him. <laughs> you just put, and then until for the next World Cup cycle, you just have like 
Hogg at 10, Russell at 12, maybe put like Hastings at fullback or something. You just go like the idea that we've ended up with Hogg at 10 and Hastings at fullback. (laughs) You just go, but you go, you go like full, like, um, meme stock, you know, like concept rugby and just go for it. What's that? What do those words even mean? Meme, meme stock rugby. Meme stock concept, concept rugby. <laughs> Love it. Um, that does sound good, indeed. Yeah. Well, do you we will do quiz. I was yeah, going to ask you if you had a quiz to finish us finish us off, Alan. That would well, be lovely. I've, yeah. I've still got the, I've still got the quiz that we were going to finish last week, unless oh, you've yeah, got some got... ramen coming again. I actually ate um, beforehand. You're... Didn't have no ramen Thursdays today. No ramen. <laughs> That's fair. Um, let me see if I can find this. I've got it on a... So what were they? Fullback and... The remaining two categories, yeah. Yeah, I've got it here somewhere. While Alan uh, yeah. is looking for the uh, while Alan is looking for the um, the quiz thing, I might as well just say you can, of course, give us reviews and we love to read them on um, Apple Podcasts. So please do get on there and leave us a five-star review. And um, also subscribe to our newsletter, Substack, um, Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. That will be dropping um, on Monday morning next week with all the sort of uh, reaction from the Scotland game. Um, so yeah, Alan, have you found your quiz? I have. Um, so yes, 15 and 12. So obviously now, and I've included actually now last week's game. So, so can you remind everybody the concept? So since Tooney was brought on as coach, he's actually been in charge of 43 games. Okay. And in that time, and I'll give you actually the numbers, there has been th- six fullbacks and there has been eight players starting at inside center for Oof. Scotland. So let's start with the fullbacks and this is obviously as a fullback it's massively indexed towards one maybe two players but <laughs> there is six people that have started at fullback for uh, for Scotland under Tunis regime. Dave do you want to kick us off? Stuart Hogg. Hogg 30 of the 43. Uh, Sean Maitland. Yeah, actually, only two um, of those. He's 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 only been two once against Australia in 2017. Although I think, and then once against England. Um, how about um, Greek Tonks? Well, yes, I was because I was about to give it away for a second, That's but huge. yes. Sean Maitland started at fullback in the home game against Australia in 2017, and Greek Tonks started at fullback in, in the away win against because Hoggy went down. Hoggy went down injured in the um, in the warm up at the Australia home game. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. oh yeah, he did, didn't he? Because then what? Brian McGuigan came in on the wing. Brian McGuigan yeah, came in on the wing for his debut. I was at, I was at the game. I remember the I remember being at Murrayfield whenever the whispers started that Hoggy had pulled out. <laughs> and I was in the queue waiting to pay in cash at Murrayfield in those dark days. Um, <laughs> and that news hit and I was like, we're going to get pumped. And then obviously we went on to, to, to uh, absolutely, hose absolutely hose them. Yeah. Matt, what have you got? Uh, Blair Kinghorn. Blair Kinghorn has eight. Eight stars. Um, Two more, both with one start each, and oh. the starts were in 2017. Rue Jackson? Oh, yes, mate. Nice. <laughs> Fiji, the loss to Fiji away in 2017 was uh, Rue Jackson's. 
It was Pete Horn at 10 and Rory Jackson at 15, and we lost. Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh. Imagine lining up in that team and looking at it. He's like, oh, we're absolutely <laughs> fucked. Um, and yeah, and then one, one more fullback. Do, does this, can, can I ask a question on this? Do, is this an answer for both 15 and 12? Y- yes. Okay. Is it Duncan Taylor? It is Duncan Taylor. What an absolute great, that great, is a great ranking. shout. <laughs> so it looks like in that summer tour, obviously, when Hogg was with the Lions against Italy and Singapore, yeah, Duncan Taylor started fullback. Tonks started fullback against Australia. And then Rui Jackson started fullback against Fiji. Why? Well, there you go. And then I guess. So we can rule out Duncan Taylor then for the center, center answer. Yeah. Well, so I'll, uh, I was going to start with Matt this time. So let's just, we'll give you Duncan Taylor for 12. Um, so we've I'll, got eight. I'll take Alex Dunbar. Yeah. So Dunbar, when I started doing this, I was like, ah, shit. I was like, Dunbar's got quite a lot. And then you realize that he's actually only got three. And it was literally like Cooney's first three games. Mm. He had Dunbar at 12. And then he's like, never got a sniff in afterwards. Um, Pete Horn. So two players are in double figures. Pete Horn is one of them on 12. Uh, Sam Johnson. And Sam Johnson is the other the other double figures. The most of any player on 16. Uh, James Lang. Oh, yes. Langers. James Lang has four starts at 12. Hugh oh. Jones. Uh, uh, no. Hugh Jones has had zero starts at 12 under or has he wait what he started that wales in, game yeah in cardiff it was it was jones and harris was it was it yes ah, was Stitch it I've, I've got jones for that game <laughs> wikipedia let you down um i think it's just me generally has let myself down <laughs> to be honest i mean that's um, definitely right i'm i'm very rarely you know completely confident on something but i'm pretty sure that's right <laughs> yeah no i'm gonna shut my mouth um <laughs> so there's so nine they, then so there's nine hugh jones is one the moment mm. you said it i knew i was that was wrong. the last name i have written down there so um <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm now flailing I'm a little bit six all there's three three names out there they've all started one match one match, and they, these are all 100 percent correct <laughs> okay <laughs> Is it? It's, it's on, on Matt, isn't it? It's on you, Matt. Yeah. Five second countdown. I've got one written down. Matt Scott. No, hasn't started at twelve. Yeah, I knew that was wrong. What about um, Nick Grigg? Nick Grigg has one star. Yeah, is that 12. against Argentina? It's against Italy in 2018. <laughs> yes, what? Greg. Nick. What was he doing? What was he doing playing so at twelve? Bleak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Matt, I, anything? Anything else? Give us any kind of clue. Um, I think one of them you should one hundred percent get. You should actually one hundred percent get both of these. You, you'll absolutely kick yourself. One we is, do we do run a you know Scottish rugby podcast that has been running the whole time that these people yeah. have played. <laughs> one was in the last twelve months, and the other one got everyone very excited. Oh, Cam Redpath! Oh, Cam for God's Redpath! 
is one, and then there's the what. So that's the one in the last twelve months, and there was one that got everyone really excited. I mean, Cam Redpath got everyone really excited. Yeah. Um, got everyone really excited because he doesn't Can normally you, play twelve. What? Yeah, but what? Um, this is the oh, shootout, um, by the way. It's it's it's, it's seven um, all. Uh, uh, fuck! It's <laughs> Finn Russell. It is Finn yeah. Russell. Hastings He's... at 10, Finn at 12. Did he start they... that game? Yes. He did. Who was that against? Argentina. Was it Georgia? Argentina or was it Samoa? Anyway, it doesn't matter. It happened. doesn't matter because <laughs> I've, I've, I've won a quiz. Fair enough. Which, Good answers, I, I don't know if that bodes well for Scotland or, or badly for Scotland at the weekend. Um, I think it's just another sign to get your money on <laughs> on Betfair. And uh, I think Italy Italy beating the spread is that's printing your own money territory. Yeah, 100%. I do not have confidence that Scotland are winning by twenty eight points or more. Interestingly, when when Hastings played ten and Russell played twelve, it's I, I can't actually remember this match, but the Tom English headline is Maitland try seals turgid win fourteen <laughs> nine. Against Argentina at home, so. Uh, do, you, but do you remember? I think it was the week before against Fiji when Hastings came on and then Russell moved to twelve. Yeah, yeah. And they did that like sweet little interplay for Hastings to score, and everyone's like, yeah, "This is the yeah, future." Yeah. I remember that game. Is that Seymour got a hat trick? We we. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we dealt with Fiji fairly comfortably. I think. Okay. Anyway. Oh well. Anyway, well, thanks very much for that, Anne. Lovely to get, love, always nice to get a win. I'm very, very happy about that. Um, and hopefully Scotland will be returning with a win this Saturday uh, lunchtime. We'll obviously be back next week to preview the bonus game, the bonus feature of Friday Night Lights against France in Paris. So we'll be back. I imagine that team will be announced on Wednesday. So we'll probably do a podcast on Wednesday, but keep an eye on our socials. That's Twitter at Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. And we will uh, let you know. Uh, also follow us on Instagram, Thistle underscore Rugby underscore pod. Um, and as I say, sign up to the newsletter. That's uh, on Substack, Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. It's available on our social channels as well. Um, and we'll be doing a, a newsletter on Monday morning, wrapping up everything from the weekend. But until then, get your money on Italy to beat the spread, but Scotland to win. It'll be a good one. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.